Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode number 41 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I am here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out on the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So if you're a first-time listener to the show, thanks very much for being here, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you are a returning listener, awesome stuff. Thanks so much. I really do appreciate you being here. So a couple of wee things before we get on to today's show. As some of you may know, I have moved to Malta for a couple of years. I'm yet to get out on a bike, and... No big deal, that's fine, weather's awesome, so I can't complain, Um, but what I did do was I had a meeting with a gentleman called Robert at the weekend, and Robert is the Facebook administrator for Mountain Bikers Malta. He's also a guide out around this area, Um, obviously is from here, knows all the trail networks, knows the local store owners, so we had a good chat about a few things, and... Basically, I was wanting them to show me trails and take me out and show me the networks so I can go out biking more often. But we we chat a wee bit more in depth and there's maybe a few exciting things coming up along the way. Um, I obviously want to get into the mountain biking scene here and um, just for myself personally, but to let you guys know what it's like here because it's cheap to get here, guys. The climate is awesome. It's good all year round. I think the lowest it gets here temperature wise is probably around 20 degrees. So it's really nice. Um, as I say, cheap to get here. Real nice open enduro style trails. So the coastline's awesome. Valletta's awesome. The city's awesome. It's a great spot. So I just want to bring you guys a wee bit more info on it. But Robert and myself chatted about a few things. I can't really say anything at the minute until we get more of a, a grounded kind of idea of what we're going to do. But there's possible stuff happening in the future. So that's all I really wanted to say about that. I also just wanted to say that the MTB Tribe jerseys have been sent out to the guys who purchased them. So fellas, thanks so much for that. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you're enjoying them. I know a few of you have got back to me just to say you're super stoked with them. The fit's good, material's good, and they look they look the part. So Guys, thanks so much. And, and those guys that are running them at the Dava Enduro, awesome, dude. I hope it brings you wins there for sure. <laughs> so enough from me. Let's get on to today's guest. So for episode 41, it is great to get Amanda Dexter on the show. Now, if you don't know who Amanda Dexter is, she is the face behind the super popular Instagram page, Wolf Girl MTB. If you haven't heard of it, go check it out. I hooked up with Amanda while she was on her European trip chasing the EWS. Amanda and her boyfriend, Alex, um, have, have totally changed their lives to chase the dream of mountain biking and van life. And, you know, it, it was not an easy move from full-time work and a steady income to taking the leap to working remotely and travelling in a motorhome around Europe. It takes some big um, guts and cojones to do that, I can tell you. Um, So we chat about the highs and lows of such a massive lifestyle change, how Amanda struggled a wee bit at first, um, but how she feels about it now and how it's been going so far. But we also get into why Amanda started mountain biking. She hasn't been mountain biking very long, so again, that's 
an even more risky move to make um, to travel Europe in a motorhome. Um, but we asked Amanda why she started her Instagram page and, and her blog. Um, the idea behind the motorhome, leaving work, traveling Europe, you know, letting go of your flat, all them kind of things all come into play. So it was a big move. We then chat about why Amanda has moved on to YouTube and she's got a new YouTube channel there called Wolfpack Adventure. We go into that a wee bit more. We also chat about Amanda's wolf, Kai, as you know. Um, (laughs) uh, So we chat about her awesome trail dog, how that came about, how following the EWS has been and how Amanda got on in her first enduro race. It wasn't pleasant, but we go into depth on that, and she is very open about that and how she got on. And we chat about sponsorship, future plans, and we chat about how to get in contact with Amanda and Alex. It's a really good episode. Amanda was really cool to come on. As I say, they're traveling, their schedule's really busy. So it was cool for her to take an evening out, sitting in her motorhome there and having a chat with me. So I really do appreciate that. And I hope you guys appreciate the episode. It is a really good, fun episode. And Amanda is a a great guest on the show. So without further ado, let's get to it, folks. I've chatted too long. And let's welcome Amanda Dexter, Wolf Girl, MTB, onto the Tribe podcast. Hi Amanda, how are you doing? Welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. It's awesome to have you on this evening. And um, I can see you're sitting in a camper van there. <laughs> yes, I am. Hi there. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, you are um, having a great time of it there. I know you're in Europe at the minute and we'll get into that a wee bit more in depth if you don't mind because a lot of mountain bikers seem to be going that way and traveling. But where are you at at the minute? Um, at the moment, we're in a place called Rus in Slovenia. Um, we got here yesterday evening from Austria. Okay, cool. And you you drove there yourself, obviously, in your in your camper van and stuff. There, how are you finding the whole thing in general? Um, it's like a whole different lifestyle. It's um, it's like I, I grew up living in loads of different countries, and the closest thing I could say it's been like culture shock. From I can compare it to moving to a different country, but we have to do it in all the different countries and then culture shock was actually learning how to live on the road and in a small space and yeah yeah a wee bit different and i can see alex behind you there hello alex i'm waving but you won't see me how you doing hey i'm just getting out the way and taking my dog away you're all right (laughs) mate you're okay you can join in if you wish i'll I'll leave to it (laughs) (laughs) um so Amanda, we'll get into uh, we'll get into your Wolf Girl MTB Instagram and your blog and your Wolfpack adventures and all that you're doing now on YouTube. It's all very very exciting and interesting. But let's start off about how you get into mountain biking. How long have you been mountain biking for? Um, two years this summer. Two years. <laughs> yeah. Really? Wow. Um, Alex would argue it's like two and a bit years, but considering for that little first few months we only rode down the river i don't count that (laughs) (laughs) you know it's so interesting because i've had quite a lot of uh ladies on the show and a lot of them have only really been biking for two three years but they seem to be doing quite a lot within that time so did you get hooked initially when you started um 
Well, when I first started, yeah, I w- but I would say before that, um, I went to an out like a university that was heavily into the outdoors, and I wanted to try it then, but I was scared to even ride a bike. So, of course, I wasn't going to go out with uh, the people who did it in my university because I was, like, you know, I didn't have a bike. I was too scared. So, like ten years later. I finally convinced my boyfriend to take me out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Alex is a good rider. Like I've seen footage of him on your YouTube channel and stuff, and and he can ride a bike. So was he riding mountain bikes a good bit before yourself? Or yeah, um, he he was racing downhill for seven years. So the van life and going around all the races in Europe is this. It's not new to him. He's done it for years. Um, he's only just starting to move over to more adventure type stuff and maybe a few enduros. So it's, it's sort of new for him, different part of mountain biking. Is he supportive of you riding? Does he teach you techniques and stuff? And... Um, well, it's funny. He, he's not very good at uh, getting across how to how to do things. But um, one of his best friends, uh, I get a lot of coaching from um Al Bond. So I kinda <laughs> go to Alex's friends that are also good at mountain biking to get the teaching. <laughs> cool. Cool. That was a good job. He's maybe left the van then. <laughs> um all right, so you get into mountain biking and can you remember the first proper trail you kinda read on? Yeah, um it was the power line at Chopwell in Newcastle. And just and, instru- explain that, describe that to us a wee bit, just what that's like. So, well, we went for a ride around the forest there. Alex didn't even take me on the trail. Um, and then I think the second time we went, he was like, oh, we'll just have a roll down. And I, the first part of like the trail, we did, we did the second part, which is just some tiny little tabletops. But I was scared to roll up the takeoff of this, like, literally two-foot little jump mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was scared to roll backwards. <laughs> um and it's funny now because like that trail is like so much fun and it's not steep or like technical it's just got like a few jumps on it and like it's just really fun so it's funny that I couldn't ride it when (laughs) when I first started yeah and have you been to bike to that since um well we I went all the time when I was living in Newcastle um I'd go by myself with and just take Kai when Alex was busy and just do like laps of that one trail. <laughs> and you, did you see yourself improving and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, I've, I, I, I don't know how I've been quite lucky. Um, I seem to have improved quite quickly. So, um, it's been really good to see, I can like really see my progression. Yeah. So when you were a kid, when you were younger, you said you traveled around a lot um, can you tell us a wee bit about that? Um, so I was born in North Carolina. Um, I moved to England when I was one and a half. I moved to Turkey when I was nine, South Korea when I was 11, California when I was 16, Kenya when I was 18, and then I moved back to England for university when I was 19. And then I went back because my mom still lived in Kenya. I went home to Kenya until she moved back to England when I think I was like, 22 and then I moved back to Kenya to work for Save the Elephants uh, for a couple of months and then I, I've been in England since then. <laughs> yeah, wow. 
That's unbelievable. Yeah, because I noticed on your Skype handle, it's, you know, it's, it says your name and then Kenya. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> I must have changed it since I was doing some interviews out there. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, and I've had quite a lot of guys on the website, or the website, the podcast from Kenya, because I've done like a series of guys out there in Kenya and stuff, mountain biking, and it's really taken off out there. Did you get an opportunity to bike out there? Or did you not bike when you were there? No, um, I did. I I was working at the riding stables then, but um, I have seen that you did a podcast with a guy that lives out in Kenya. I've been looking and seeing what there is out there because it'd be good to to go back there and do some videoing or something. Yeah, cool. Well, yes. I can I can hook you up with some guys out there if you want to. You want a trail guide or something, you know? That would actually make a really interesting uh, episode of one of our videos. Yeah, definitely. Um, because I don't know if you're aware of Brian Kennedy off the YouTube channel BKXC. Have you heard of him? Um, no, I might have come across something, but... Yeah, well, he's, he's massive on YouTube, and he was out with Adam Davis, a young fellow out there who rides in Kenya, and um, I'd, I've had both of them on the podcast, actually. The trails out there look pretty sketchy, in all fairness. You know what, I have thought about it in the past, like, I would be quite scared riding out, riding out in Kenya, like, it's um, it's quite wild when you're out, especially out in the bush, um, you have to be quite careful, I imagine. Yeah, crazy. So, you've travelled all around the world, was that just with your parents, really? Um, yeah, my mum was an international school teacher, so when she got, well, we call it itchy feet, um, she would interview for new jobs and we'd pick where to go wow was that did you enjoy that was that exciting um some yes and no i i don't know when because i grew up doing it it was just life um it wasn't like when you were all i found a lot of my friends that grew up in england when they um when they were going traveling it was all very exciting but for me it was just the way we lived yeah, it's. Um, it, I would have stayed in California personally if it was me, but there, there you go. <laughs> what part of California were you in? So I went uh, to school in a place called, well, the school is Temescal Canyon. Um, it's where I think Aaron Gwynn's building a house in the area. Um, nice. Like the <laughs> Lake Temecula Valley. Right, cool. That'd be a good, well, if, if Aaron's building a the house there, it's going to be a good spot for mountain biking, that's for sure. A lot, there's a lot of uh, dirt biking tracks there, I think, like big jumps out in the desert, I think. Uh, Mike oh. Metzger's, I don't know if oh, you have right. no. Yeah, 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 I know Mike Metzger, yeah, cool. Um, right, okay, let's let's get into mountain biking then. So, can you remember the first mountain bike you bought? Yeah, it was a, a white T130SX, so bright pink. <laughs> and oh, yes, I bought no. it. Nice bike, nice bike to buy. How did you find that? Um, I really, well, I loved it until I until I won my Norco, and then I loved that Norco site. <laughs> that <laughs> that bike because um, I, I only had the I only had the white for about four months before I won the Norco, so yeah, okay. I didn't get a lot of time with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we move on to uh, your blog, Wolf Girl MTB, let's chat about a wee bit of the kit you're you're using. What's your favorite piece of kit you're you're using at the minute? 
Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a hard question. Um, Shorts, pads, <laughs> helmet. Um. Well, actually, to be fair, all uh, all my kit I'm using right now is sweet protection, and it's pretty much my favorite stuff I've owned. And I, I don't think I'll change from using that stuff. Right. Very now. good. And what what does that consist of? So, um, well. Sweet Protection is like through one of our sponsors, so we uh, we use their pad, like elbow pads, knee pads, helmet, and then the clothing. But um, everything just fits really well. Like uh, it doesn't rub or move, or I, I don't find myself pulling my knee pads off at the top of every trail, which I used to do with every other pair of knee pads I've ever owned. Um, yeah, very good. And and what piece of kit would you most want? What do I? <laughs> um, actually, I'll tell you what. You know what I always get obsessed with is matching outfits. I still have not managed to match <laughs> outfit yet. I, I don't know what is. I see my friends, you know, um, say one of my good friends Corin Shaw she always has the most beautiful outfits they're perfectly matched up and for some reason I go out and aim to buy a matching pair of shorts and t-shirt and come back with mismatched stuff I don't know how it happens <laughs> just see them just get distracted or something <laughs> oh well you'll have to work on that then go with your friend that keeps buying matching, matching outfits go with her she can sort you out <laughs> Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> right. Let's talk about your uh, your Instagram and your blog. Um, so tell us a wee bit about the Wolf Girl MTB and how that all started. Um. Well, a lot of people don't realize the wolf is Kai. Um. Everyone's like, "Oh, you're Wolf Girl." I'm like, "Well, no. Kai's the wolf. I'm the girl." And then yeah. we do mountain biking. Um. So that all just started when um I wanted. I didn't really use Instagram before I started mountain biking. Um, but then I thought it would be a really cool way to document like what I was doing. Cause Facebook was all about, you know, you post pictures of what you're doing and every part of your life. But I thought it'd be really cool to like make Instagram just about one thing, except before I did mountain biking. Cause I had that idea before I started mountain biking and I was like, Oh, I don't really know. <laughs> what I'd want to do it on and then it just came together at the same time so started trying to take more photos of just mountain biking and then I decided I'd show my progress so from doing something really badly to actually being able to do it yeah no it's very good and you've got quite a good following on Instagram and stuff and how did you grow that did that just naturally grow as you, as you you know you load up content and stuff onto it um no uh, well yes and no I it started to grow originally just I guess uh, naturally just the more you post the more people see your stuff and sort of like a natural progression but I think I reached when it reached 3,000 um, me and Alex were like we started researching like how you do it and we realized it was pretty easy and we could um actually teach other people how to do it that like wanted to get sponsors or wanted followers for like other reasons so we we actually have a group on 
Facebook called Dropping Into Instagram, which we share with people how we've grown our Instagram following. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, I'll uh, I'll put that on the show notes. <laughs> Um, and then you'll hopefully get more people bugging you to, to do that. <laughs> um, cool. So you went from that. So was Alec uh, involved from the start with you as you'd done your Instagram and you wanted to go down the mountain biking route with your blog and stuff? Um, he he just supported me when I said I wanted to start like trying to grow a following and share what I was doing. And then when he saw kind of how I was doing it, and he was he, he we uh, we we made a competition. So basically, his way of supporting me was he's like, let's see who can reach a thousand followers first. And um, <laughs> of course, I did. Um, and, and then all of his friends like started making jokes, saying uh, when he was taking pictures, they were like, oh yeah, because that's going to get you a thousand followers, Alex. Um, and then I think that spurred him on, and suddenly he was uh, at eight thousand. So. It's pretty funny. <laughs> cool, cool. And before you started the wolfgirlmtb.com, that's your, your web address, the, the blog and stuff, had you written blogs before or anything like that? Um, no, not not really. I've not even written a diary before, which is why my my blog's a bit rubbish at the moment. Um, we are, we are, are actually building, like, a blog for our adventures which is separate and that's when I'll probably shut the wolf girl MTV one down because I kind of share everything on Instagram so it's it's sort of irrelevant at the moment um kind of excited to get the new one started and share more of the sort of home life and mountain biking on there yeah no that's cool and um you know the blog's very good. I've read through it and, and I do enjoy it. And I think the Wolf Girl thing's really cool. And because Kai's so cool, you know what I mean? He's such a cool dog. Um, I think it really works. It really, it just really grabs your attention. I think um, it's really cool. So I, I know the blog and your YouTube channel is kind of your full time gig now, and and that's where you're kind of aiming your focus at. Um, but you still do like mobile mobile PA stuff, is that correct? As as a kind of income? Yeah, um, funnily enough, I my main work I work as a an assistant for a podcast company. <laughs> oh wow, do you? Who's that for? Uh they're called the Podcast Factory. Yeah, I know them. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, cool <laughs> stuff. Cool. Um yeah, that's, that was interesting. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And you know, just to show you that I have been watching your YouTube channel, <laughs> Alec helped you out with stuff like that, didn't he? He kind of hooked you up a wee bit with that. and Because and, Alec's background, he works mobile. He's been working mobile for quite a long time. Yeah, Um. so when one of the last times he came back from traveling in a motorhome, he, he got sick of coming home, making loads of money, and then going off on the road again and like getting that money um to last so he wanted something that he could work on the road and he started teaching himself how to be a copywriter and i think that was about three or four years ago and now he's like got quite a few good clients and just does all that sort of email marketing writing show notes for podcasts uh 
loads loads of just writing stuff um it's actually quite cool to see how how well he's done with like basically teaching himself a, a new skill and running with it and so he's got loads of friends in the online world that he already worked for that he's like does anyone need a virtual assistant and then i had to interview and go from there Cool, cool. I might get Alec to write my show notes because I hate doing that. <laughs> That's interesting just because there's a big, um, there's a lot of people that write show notes out there um, because I'm usually assigning people. Uh, that's one of my jobs is I uh, I wait for the audio to come back and then I assign it to the show notes writers to write the show notes on it. And then I put it all together for cool. podcast. Cool happy days um so how does that work then so does the person who's writing the show notes listen to the audio and then obviously write the show notes based on the audio yeah um they try write it in the voice of whoever's podcast they're writing it for and um obviously the person like the person who whose podcast is will like review them and see if they like the style and that's yeah, and then they just we just assign the audio to them once everything everyone's happy with them. Wow, that's cool. Well, if I start to make some money, I might do that. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, so, I know you get asked this question quite a lot, but when you left your regular job and you moved into van life and your online PA stuff, was that was that a scary move for you? Um. <laughs> yeah if I'm completely honest I had a bit of a mini meltdown because <laughs> um, we we put my flat in Newcastle on the market I put my I had to give two months notice had to find online work and then I was sat in my boyfriend's mother's house and I just burst into tears I was like well that's everything I've built for the last three years gone <laughs> um <laughs> Hopefully this this uh, this dream works out. So that was a pretty scary moment because it was like a, a gap where everything had come to an end. And it's like the flat was on the market and my job, I'd finished my last day. But we hadn't bought the motorhome yet. And I was just a bit like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And did you have much support from family and friends to make that move? Or, you know, did you get the, are you crazy? Wise up. You know, you, what way did that work out? Um. Well, my mum handled the the, sell, the selling of my flat. Like she basically did most handle most of that, so I didn't have to worry too much. Um, and then Alex's mum kind of said we could live with them until we got the motorhome sorted, and they, yeah, Alex's mum handled all the tears and the. She even stepped in on a few arguments and was like, right, this is what's going to happen. We're going to. So, yeah, everyone's like been so, so supportive. Brilliant. So let's jump back a wee bit. Why did you decide to make that move? Because it's a massive move. How did that come about? Did you and Alex sit down and think this is what we're going to do? Or how did you decide on such a big move in your life? Well, um, it all started about a year and a half ago, and we just wanted we just wanted to buy a van and convert it and have a few weeks traveling in Europe. So Alex would take me different places to ride. Um, so 
I used all my savings to buy, um, I can't remember what about it. I think it was a transit. Um, so we went down to Bolton, kind of realized the place is a bit dodgy, but we were so desperate to buy this van. Um, and it looked really good from the outside. And Alex said it drove well, brought it home. And after the first trip, to, we took it to Hampstead. And on the way back, in the middle of a, that one, that blizzard, um, was it Brenda? East or the East. No, no, that one. <laughs> one over a year ago, we, I, I was driving it back and um, it just cut out and it spent three months in the garage after that. But the guy whose garage it was was really nice. He didn't, he didn't really charge us. He didn't charge us anything. He just wanted to get us to like take this guy to court and get our money back. And it was just this big, massive fight where the guy just denied everything and said, well, if you bring it back to me, I'll fix it. But I was like, I don't want that. I want my money back because it's obviously not going to get started. It's going to be one thing after another. And he kept like denying it. And at the last second, um, my mom stepped in. And I don't know how she did it. We, well, she we opened a court case and everything and um my mom found out some really interesting information that the that the van had actually been filled with petrol and just drained and not flushed out or whatever you're meant to do with a van when that happens and the guy he suddenly rolled over and was just like i'll pay the van to get towed back here's all your money back and that was that so my mom thinks he must have had like a record or something for him to have turned over so quickly so after that horrifying incident (laughs) um we just felt like right if we're going to do this we're going to do it properly we're going to save up a lot of money and just buy a a nice motorhome and just go dive in i don't know we neither of us knows who who said it first or i i was the one that said let's save up more money and get get something really nice but we don't know when it became a let's do this full time. <laughs> that just sort of I don't know if we just both assumed it or Yeah, so look, isn't that isn't that very strange because that really horrible uh, experience there has actually worked out for the better in the end. Yeah. <laughs> you know, isn't it funny? And your your mother, um I hope you're good to your mother at birthdays and Mother's Day and stuff like that because she seems uh, she seems like a, a very very strong lady. Well, she is. Um, she's just bought a Land Rover and she, her and her dog are driving across Africa. They haven't set off yet, but that's her plan. So strong is probably an understatement. Oh my oh. word! Wow. Okay. All right. Um, so, what advice would you give some somebody wanting to do something? like you and Alec are doing there? Um, I just probably just make make sure um, it's exactly what they wanted because you have to dive in. There's no half doing it halfway, I don't think. You've just got to go for it and know that it's going to be a lot of hard work and you're probably going to have a few tears and a few arguments, but when it all comes together it's it's great <laughs> yeah it's cool it's cool and amanda do you have an end goal for the blog do you think that kind of way you know what would you like to achieve with it or are you just using it to kind of live the lifestyle you wish at the minute so well our end goal is um 
Well, we're, we're sort of halfway there. We want to sort of work as free agents for a few different companies. Um, so just transition our jobs over to just making com- um, making content for companies. Yeah, that's cool. And just see where the van takes you. Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool because we're already halfway there. We just want to make it more permanent. So we're using this year just to... Um, almost create a portfolio of the the type of work that we can do for people. Yeah, and and is that your is that what you're kind of hoping to do that you can kind of have the the van life and still work remotely? Is that your kind of goal? That's your plan. The the plan is to do what we're doing now, but but get paid to do it. <laughs> really. Yeah. Perfect. That's that's good. That's good. And here it's doable. Definitely. Right. Let's talk about Kai a wee minute, can we? Yeah. <laughs> because I think Kai is such such a cool part of your whole Instagram thing and it really works. So tell us a wee bit about, about Kai. Um, he, well, let me think. He's five years old. He's a white German shepherd. Um, his, he's got a proper kennel club name. His uh, full name is Lord Tosh. Um, (laughs) so i it's really funny how i ended up getting kai i I got him as a puppy at eight weeks old um because i i went and um i took the uh you know when you first apply to the police force you have to take some some tests before they'll like sort of like your interview Right. Okay. I didn't realize they'd done that. I'm a cat man myself, but go go ahead. <laughs> no, so I went. I went to take um, the test to be in the police force, and I went all the way to Aberdeen, and my mum came with me, um, and I failed. Within, I failed. I passed the first two tests, and then failed the last one. And uh, I just, I, I kind of, it was, I was destroyed because at that point, I really wanted to like, make find a career, sort of like get my life started I was um and it just put me in a real bad spot I was like what what do I do I can't get a job I've just finished uni I don't know oh, what I'm sorry. doing you were ap- applying for the police yeah <laughs> oh so I thought you were talking about getting a license for Kai I thought <laughs> you had to do tests for Kai that's why I says I'm a cat man you don't have to do tests to get no, a cat <laughs> Just like oh, I think I'm talking about something else, so I'll just keep talking. <laughs> All right, um, cool, cool. Yes, go ahead. Sorry, that's my mistake. Go ahead. Sorry. So I was like, my mom, my mom kind of basically saw that, like, you know, your kids come out of university, can't get a job because everyone wants experience. But of course, how do you get experience before when you've come out of university and you don't have a job yet? Um, and and so she was like, she should, she's just like you why don't you get a dog? You have all this spare time now to focus on something and maybe it'll pull you out of this sort of like post-graduation depression. So I, that same day after we drove four hours back to Carlisle from Aberdeen, I then stopped, had some dinner and then drove all the way to, what's the name of the place? Basically drove to West Cumbria to look at a puppy because my mum had been following the breeder on Facebook and she's like, oh, look at these gorgeous white puppies. Why don't you just go have a look? So I put that day I put a deposit on Kai because he was this. Uh, I went. They put the girl in my arms because I went to look at the girl, 
And then I saw this fat little butterball bouncing across the floor, and I was like, who's that? (laughs) So uh, straight away, I fell in love with Kai, put my deposit, and then I think it was two weeks later, I went and picked him up. And then, yeah, I just, um, I put all my energy into training him, and it was like the world of good for me. Yeah, perfect. And Kai was obviously about three years or so old when you started your mountain bike. So how did you progress him onto the trails with you? So um, I come from like a fell running background. In high school, I competed in cross country. Um, Then fell running came when I moved back to England. So I just took Kai on runs with me. Um, So he already knew how to follow me. Um, So then... Alex started taking Kai out when we first started dating when he'd visit from Manchester and he, he asked if he could take Kai if Kai would follow him and I was like yeah I'll come with you and then I got jealous because Kai and Alex got to go out mountain biking and I wanted to go <laughs> I wanted to me so so I, I that's sort of when I started asking Alex to take me out and then me and Kai started going out by ourselves I was like, we never had to train him how to follow the bikes. He just, he just did it. He just did it. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. Like he was following. Did he follow you when you were running or did he go ahead of you? Um, He's always come with me. Follow Well, he goes ahead, goes behind, but he's always stayed. He doesn't, he never goes far away from me. Cool. Would you have as much fun without Kai, do you think? Um, yes and no. I love being able to take Kai out, but. I also have to be really careful with him um, because I don't want to injure him or get get him heat stroke or so. Especially as he's a German Shepherd, we have to be real careful at which trails he can come on and for how long. Just don't want to cause him any like bone joint problems. So it's fun to take him, but it's also fun knowing that we can go out and he's not coming with us because he's resting, not because we're leaving him out. Yeah, cool. And he had an injury there quite recently, did he? Yeah, um, he got swimmer's tail. Uh, so <laughs> been so careful about, you know, Kai not getting heat stroke because obviously it's a big change in temperature being out here. So we make sure like we're part next to a river and let him cool down and if it's too hot. Um, except ice cold water can cause something called swimmer's tail, which it's like an inflammation at the base of the tail and it's extremely painful mm. um i hadn't come across it um as a veterinary nurse it's not something that had ever come into the practice and i, I first noticed it when he was uh, barking really strangely he was squeaking and i was like that's that's weird and then i noticed he couldn't sit down and i was like oh my god his hips have gone some <laughs> proper panicking so i text um all the vets that I, and nurses that i used to work with and I was like, oh, what's going on? Um, and everyone was really puzzled. And it's because uh, I, I talked about his barking, but it turns out he was barking like that because when he was barking at other dogs, his tail was straightening. So it was causing him pain. Um, oh. But eventually we figured out what was going on with him and um, we just rested him and he came around all right. But it was re- it's really scary when something goes wrong with him. Yeah, certainly, certainly. All right, okay. Now, can we chat a wee bit then about your YouTube channel and van life? Yeah. 
um, so when you launched your YouTube channel, were you thinking of launching it off the back of your European trip? Was that the kind of idea behind it? Um, no, actually, when we first launched it, it was because me and Alex, we both loved making videos. Um, and Alex, I, I kept telling me, I saw some of his older videos when he was younger. I was like, you're really good at editing. Um, we need to put these videos somewhere. So we started out the channel. Um, and funnily enough, it was uh, M's Davies, Davis that came up with the name, um, you know, from Ride.io. Mm. Uh, he he was like, oh, you, just, you guys should be the wolf pack because, you know, Wolf Girl and Kai and... So we were just like, cool, we'll use, <laughs> we'll use that name. So that's when the YouTube channel got its name. But that just came about, about from the love of making videos. And then it, it was great that it was there for when we were going and traveling. Cool. So tell us how your European trip is going uh, and kind of where you've been visiting and stuff like that. Um, if I can remember, we've been so many places. <laughs> so... Uh, I'll, we started off in, we went through Luxembourg and it was within, that was within the first few days. We, we parked next to this amazing like pump track. So that, that was like a really good sign for the trip. And then basically we just carried on down from there. Our end destination at the time was Finale Ligure, um, where we ended up staying, we traveled sort of like every couple of days to get there, um, riding in one or two places. Um, and then we stayed in a place called Final Borga for about 10 days. Um, and that was amazing, but it was pretty hot for Kai, but we, um, we had like a cooling jacket from, for him and we were just real careful to keep him in the shade and like only run him down. So we'd get a shuttle to the top and he'd only do one trail down. So it didn't um, cause him any like heat stroke or injuries or anything like that. And then um, after that, we went. Alex had a super injury in San Remo, and funnily enough, after being so careful with the dog, that's where I got heat stroke. So when Alex was away right <laughs> out, missing, I couldn't go cheer for him because I was lying in bed absolutely dying. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, the dog just looked at me funnily. I, I'd done it to myself because I was like, oh, I'll go play on the pump track while Alex is practicing for a, doing a practice for a race and 20 minutes out there and I was done. So, <laughs> oh, no. How hot it was. Um, and then from there, I think that's when I said we need to go back into the mountains just because the heat's killing me. <laughs> I'm not used to it yet. So that's when we, we traveled up to Sospel. Um, and then we saw a local mountain bike race being advertised. So Alex was like, oh, why don't you enter that? Because I got a bit like a uh, bit of FOMO while Alex was racing the Super Enduro. Um, so I, I decided to enter a race. And yeah, that was a pretty hard race. It's my first European Enduro and I wanted to quit halfway. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Okay. How many stages was it? Um it was five stages. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the details, but for a little local race, the trails were, at the time, the hardest things, <laughs> the hardest riding I'd done. And uh, the hills up were just, you were climbing for so long. So 
yeah, the heat got to me and everything. And I think I, I basically jumped in the deep end for my first race out here. <laughs> I'm glad I finished, but I thought I was going to, at one point I was nearly throwing up on the side of the road. Um, and luckily Alex was there and he kind of force, force fed me. So, well, he forced me to eat loads of sweets because uh, I think my blood sugar dropped so low that he was like, you need to eat now. And luckily, like, I was just shoving sweets in my mouth while wanting to, like, hurl them back up. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I had, like, another two climbs to do after that. But it was great. And uh, the other girls in the, the race, they were actually quite good riders. One, is, one of them was, uh, I can't remember her name, but she, she rides for Ibis Cycles. So that shows you, like, the sort of my competition. So there was no way I was going to come anywhere near even any of the other competitors but they were still so supportive of me (laughs) (laughs) and what was the what was the talent level like out there yeah the everyone basically everyone in this race was ridiculously good at riding um i think it's just the sort of amount of riding you you can do out here and the the sort of like there's no I don't know if you've done much riding out in Europe, but there's not really any easy riding. I don't think it's all like <laughs> it's all steep and long. And um, yeah, I, I've had to learn pretty fast how to get around these tight French corners. <laughs> I'm quite quite nose manual around them, <laughs> but I'm getting better at sort of getting my way around them. Yeah, very good. And uh, you know, was that? It maybe wasn't that nice of an experience, but has it made you want to do more enduro races? Well, I'm doing one this weekend. <laughs> I'm doing it. That's, that's why we're in Slovenia so early before the EWS. I'm doing a little race uh, race on Sunday. So practice is Saturday. And I'm less nervous about this one because I've, I've heard they're a bit tamer than um, the one I did in Sospel. But I did enjoy finishing the last race and in my mind that however hard it was, it's just going to make me a better rider. So, but the trails I got to ride in the, the endurance hospital, I'm, I'm so, I'm glad I entered just so I could find those trails. Like they were just so good. <laughs> good stuff. How did Alex go on? At uh, the EWS. Yeah. Um, he got a lot of punctures, um, (laughs) got a lot, he finished it, but he, I think after one of, one of the stages, he, something happened to his derailleur. So when he got to the bottom of the stage, uh, that was hanging off, but luckily he had, he had spares with him of what he needed so he managed to carry on but if he hadn't had the bits needed to fix that would have been him done <laughs> so oh, wow. he's really even finished i think i think he came maybe 126 which considering all right the type caliber of riders that ride EWSs, that's amazing for a privacy <laughs> so. yeah perfect well done well done so amanda how long have you been on the road now then i think three months and how are you finding van life in general? Um, it's it was really hard at first with the sort of culture shock, like I said. But now we're I think we're getting good at it. 
Um, so sorry, I seem to be getting a thousand emails right now. <laughs> it's because all my everyone I work for is in America right now, so they're just starting. <laughs> they're coming online, yeah. But um, now it, van life's getting easy and it's amazing. Um, making sure our relationship is good—that's that's where we're at right now—is figuring out how to live in a confined space together and not want to kill each other. How do you find driving around and things like that? Um, because before the podcast, you were saying that it was a bit of a nightmare getting parked and figuring out how things work. How, how, do you, how are you finding that experience? It was really scary at first, but um, more because we didn't want to get stuck. And that's we nearly did get stuck in some Italian roads near Lake Como. <laughs> um, that was terrifying. But we've got some really good apps on my phone that basically people have put where you can park um and a lot of times there's a lot of knowledge out there already that so we sort of just reach out and see if anyone knows any good information and i've discovered one of my favorite things about traveling around europe in a van is all the other all the other races that are doing it so it's the whole world of there's a lot of kiwis that come over by a van in the uk and then they travel to all the races so pretty much everywhere you'd want to go riding in Europe there is people that are out here racing and so you can find friends or people anywhere like uh I think I've I've met a really good friend out here she's a girl from New Zealand and dating dating a guy Sam Shaw that's racing the EWSs and if I want a chick to ride with we just meet up with them on the road <laughs> yeah it's funny because i was going to ask you that if if you arrive in a car park and you you kind of see the same vans and you kind of build a wee network there's it almost become like a community on the road and you just follow each other down the road and things like that um sort of a lot of people go to the same places between races um so you meet up with people or you can you so you can travel with them or you can go your own way me and alex because because we're doing a lot more adventuring we, we we tend to head out more places by ourselves but we'll like go back like so after at leo gang a lot of our friends were there because obviously either they were racing the world cup or they were there to watch the world cup and then after that everyone goes to ride at schlabming so loads of our friends went there afterwards mm-hmm. no it sounds it sounds fun definitely and have you any funny moments from being on road what's the What's your funniest moment from from van life? Oh, you have to give me a second to think. <laughs> um, that's the reason I say that because something comes to mind that happened this last week, but I don't I don't think it's an appropriate one to share. With me. <laughs> um, uh, we'll dull it down a wee bit. Just um, uh, basically, not all places are okay to park. And some people get a bit irate when uh, when you park in the wrong spot. Um, we recently, basically this last week, we had uh, someone getting very angry at us and a few other people that were out in bands in an area. And uh, when we, we asked if they spoke English, um, they pretended not to uh, until in the end they got quite mad. And suddenly started shouting in English, and Alex, 
thought <laughs> oh, you didn't speak English. <laughs> there's some of those situations where they were just just being rude because everyone loves the van life. Like everyone loves uh, following it on Instagram or following people's adventures, but not everybody loves it when you actually come to their town because a lot you, you find motorhomes and camper vans they're either really welcome or people don't want you sort of cluttering up their area so you've got to be really careful to park where you're not causing an issue <laughs> yeah yeah and by yeah. i mean looking like a motorhome in somewhere that might annoy someone <laughs> <laughs> I can certainly understand that. Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, so let's. Well, tell me this. Actually, do you find traveling on the road expensive? Um, uh, it's cheaper than normal life, I think. Because if you think about it, all the costs you'd pay for your house are going on. Mm on the van so even council tax even council tax transfers over to something that you're paying for in the van um so for us it's sort of we're paying we're paying off the motorhome um so that sort of equals out to rent but it's still cheaper than the rent we've been playing we'd be paying on a house um and you've probably got a nicer view as well sometimes <laughs> sometimes you end up to stay in a in a service station and you're surrounded by massive trucks that and you're the tiny motorhome in the middle classic classic all right now let's let's chat a wee bit about your sponsors and things like that so who's helping you out who's sponsoring you at the minute uh so our main sponsor is jungle massive they They've been so great to us, um, really interested in our adventures, um, just answer all our questions, really helpful. Um, they supplied our, they've supplied our bikes, so Alex's Nomad and my Juliana Strega, um, and then also the Sweet Protection stuff, which is great, but to be honest, the real reason, above anything else, we like working with them is because they're just so nice so like family type you know well you, you'll see a lot of that from santa cruz is that they're just like a big santa cruz family <laughs> so. yeah and what does jungle massive do tell us a wee bit about them so they're basically the santa cruz distribu- distributor in the uk that was a big mouthful there. <laughs> um but obviously they also work in conjunction with stiff cycles so there's few other products that they supply in the uk as well yeah cool and how did you get hooked up with them um alex has had sort of an ongoing relationship because um he's he's always had a santa cruz so obviously he works well not works um he's been in contact through you know when warranty things and um friends with it they're working within the company um alex has known um if I'm right, he's not here to ask him, but I think Josh Bryson might have made the original introduction as well. Um, Alex is, uh, used to ride with him a few years back. Um, every now and then they're from the same area. Sorry, I'd be 
better with this information if Alex is here. I <laughs> Bob's but um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this. it's cool. It's cool. And do they expect anything from you as ambassadors, sponsored writers? Um, just to share our videos, post up pictures, and just basically show us riding bikes having fun um showing the bikes what they can do just basically having an awesome adventure time (laughs) yeah cool and and do you think would you be doing it without their support and their help would you still be doing what you're doing now oh yeah um we we'd still be creating content with whatever bikes we owned but we want we wanted to do it on this we wanted to be on the same page we wanted to work with the same company because when we first started this out i was um i was the not the uk norco ambassador and alex wanted to as always want it's like his dream to work with santa cruz mm-hmm. um and my dream was just to let alex have his dreams come true <laughs> so to be able to <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I never even thought about riding a Juliana because I was like, well, I'm a terrible rider. Why? I don't deserve the bike of my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> that is completely ridiculous, by the way. Um, you should have whatever bike you want to have. It doesn't matter if you're an absolutely terrible rider or amazing. Just just buy the bike you want. Don't, don't think you deserve less at all. Yeah, well, then you can grow onto the bike other than the other way around, you know. To be honest, the my bike that I ride now, I think it's given me so much more confidence because um, it's it's quite a big bike. It's almost pretty much like a downhill bike that can pedal uphill really well. But I I think that's why I've progressed quite quickly since we've been riding out here. It's just because that bike can handle anything. So it's given me the confidence to think if I went to like a smaller travel bike now, I'd still be able to ride the trails. But having the bike I have now that can do everything. I now know that I can as well, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I totally understand that. No, definitely. And um, let's talk a wee bit about the future of Wolf Pack Adventures. Um, but first of all, let me ask you, do you ever do you ever go out and, and think to yourself, you know what, I just want to go out and ride today. I don't want to take any film footage. I don't want to stop and have to come back and ride that section again to get, to get the video does that ever ever bug you that way? Would you do you ever just want to go out and ride? The only time I want to just go out and ride is when we ride pump tracks. Um, yeah, you don't want footage taken of you in a pump track, is that? It? Well, no, because I'm useless on them. <laughs> 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 to be honest, when I'm on the pump track, I'm I'm so frustrated and desperate to like try and either jump something or learn how to do something on a pump track. I, I, I don't want to be filming Alex. I just want to be getting myself wound up and more frustrated and trying to ride. Mm-hmm. That last pump track you're at looked amazing. Uh, yeah, that it was amazing. But yeah, again, I couldn't do anything on it. Um, I'm actually looking, I'm going to get some more coaching over the summer and try to get my skills a bit better. <laughs> Yeah, you look to be doing fine when I watched it anyway, that's for sure. But um, yeah, as to your question, we love, I love 
the pictures and the getting footage because usually my favorite thing to do on a mountain bike is a practice section. I'd much rather find like a jump or a couple of jumps and some drops or like a really technical section and session that for a bit and then move on to another section. Um, so it, it just so happens that it's easy to film when you're sessioning stuff. So. Yeah, well, that's quite a good idea, actually. I never thought on doing it like that. Where did you get that idea from? Have you seen anybody else doing it like that? Or? Um, well, actually, it comes down to my like my very first coaching session that I ever had. Um, that's how Albon coaches. He makes you do the same section 50 million times. I'm not even joking. I've spent two hours on one platform <laughs> before. <laughs> but... He, that's how he said he learned he um he said everyone else had it real easy but he had to practice loads to get that good so he just come out and practice 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 so but that's what i needed to do so might as well film while i do it yeah i'd say that's a good idea i might i might try that myself um and then i suppose it gives you a break too once you're turning around and walking back up that rock garden or something you know actually i find the pushing up just as much exercise as pedaling it's just a, it's just a different group set of muscles using. <laughs> yeah cool cool so what um what's what's the future look like for your blog or your youtube channel what are you hoping to, hoping to do in the near future um so i'll sort of give you the rough outline of we are traveling we're going to do videos and of different places to ride up until hopefully go back to the UK in September. Um, just cause I want to see my friends and hopefully fingers crossed, get tickets to the Fox hunt and things like that. Um, and then, so we're going to be filming around the Alps over July. We don't have any plans for August, but we want at some point to do, some videos about Norway. We have friends that run an Airbnb there that also make mountain bike, mountain bike trails and guiding. They're trying to set their business up. So we really great to go and see what they're doing. Um, at some point, Alex wants to take me to Canada. So unfortunately, Kai won't make that trip, but we'll be doing some videos there, hopefully at some point. Um, try to think of some of the other projects that... To be honest, we just wing a lot of stuff as well. We we hear about things. <laughs> it's the best way. Uh, it, nothing ever goes to plan, so you might as well just wing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it sounds good. And where where are you visiting next? Where are you going next? Um, so we've got two weeks in Slovenia, and then Alex has the enduro here. Um, I think it's in Jamnica. Okay. So, so we'll probably get another video of what it's like riding EWSs as a privateer there um, and then as soon as that race is over we're basically going to drive all the way back to Morzine um, because it's it's actually my 30th birthday this July so I've said I'm, I'm going to ride and party and see my friends for that <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my no, no we're going to plan trips throughout the alps um 
well and just use it as a base and kind of get a bit of much needed rest um and there was one other thing i was going to add there ah yeah so as for plans for the next few videos we really want to do some sort of camping bike missions so we're going to see how it'll work out with what we need to take if we wanted to ride somewhere sort of find a hut to camp in and ride more while taking kai so it's not something we've ever done before and obviously want to make it as safe as possible for kai so yeah that's going to be pretty big for us i think what's on your bucket list for mountain biking have you got anything you would you would really like to do in the near future um i want to be able to clear some bigger jumps (laughs) that's like my obsession at the moment i just want to i want to be awesome at jumping um kind of inspired by veronique sandler a lot so yeah that's sort of my biggest mission it's a good one to have my other mission is to ride down the champagne world cup track which still haven't achieved annoyingly (laughs) (laughs) well set a date set a date for it that's the way to do it and there's no negotiating on the date you have to do it by that time (laughs) <laughs> maybe yeah maybe next year <laughs> brilliant so listen thanks so much amanda for coming on but just before i let you go there how can people get in contact and keep up with your youtube channel and things like that to be honest the best way to contact either of us is instagram we we try and reply to every message that we get both me and alex um but to be honest for feedback we love it if people comment on our youtube videos like even if it's just to say we want to see more lifestyle stuff or we want to see more riding like it's always great to read the comments so if people want to comment more that would be great (laughs) that's cool and i'll put all the links uh on the show notes and and stuff like that um so people can get in contact easily there with you so amanda listen thanks so much for coming on and i know you're super busy there you know, out traveling Europe and things, and uh, I'm sure you're pretty tired. Like, I'm sure you're wrecked. Oh yeah, um, this last, it's we're knackered, <laughs> absolutely knackered. But that's why we're going to after the EWS going to Morzine. That's because we know the area quite well. We're just going to go and rest and use it as a base. So yeah, it's it's kind of like going home a bit when we go there. So that'll be good. Yeah, that's nice. Well, Amanda, thanks so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. And I hope the rest of your trip goes well and your YouTube channel builds and stuff. Thanks so much. Folks, that's it for episode number 41. I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you enjoyed listening to Wolf Girl MTV, Amanda Dexter's story. Um, What an exciting time it is for them guys out traveling riding courses riding trails riding pump tracks it really is awesome but you know they deserve it they've taken that leap of faith and together i think they make a great team and they're going to make that really work so it's exciting to see what the Wolfpack adventures the youtube channel that amanda and alex have started what that's going to bring us in the near future it will obviously be all good content and really enjoyable to watch so check that out folks now if you want to know more about amanda and her adventures you can check out the show notes just simply go to www.mtb-tribe.com go to the latest episode and amanda's details will all be there in the show notes you can find out a wee bit more info 
as well there from the episode so that's cool if you check that out that's awesome if you want to get more involved with the podcast you can also subscribe on the website again just simply go to mtb-tribe.com there's a subscription link there you'll get normally one email a week Um, if there's anything else happening you'll get the odd email um, but you'll not be spammed or anything like that I try to keep you guys a wee bit more up to date with what's happening but it's probably only a couple of extra emails per month or something like that at the most so if you want to do that's great if you want to get in contact with the show again just go to the website there's a contact page there fill that in and email it through to me and I do read all the emails and I do read all the contacts that come through from the website I will get back to you so if you wish to do that awesome also you can listen to the show on iTunes and Stitcher and if iTunes is your preferred way of listening to the show please please leave a review um, share with friends give us a five star rating it really helps the show be seen gets more people listening and that's why I'm doing this is to give you guys the info hopefully get you stoked keep you out in the trails and give you a wee bit more info into what's happening in the industry um, from a local Irish perspective but also from around the, the planet all you know as well so um, if you do that it really helps the show be seen and more people get involved which makes my job a wee bit easier so thanks for that folks you can also find us on socials instagram at mtb tribe and facebook mtb tribe and if you want to connect there get in contact just pm me whatever you want to do that's grand again i i read all the pm messages and stuff that come through so folks thank you so much and i hope to have a wee bit more info on the malta thing for you next week as well so stay tuned we have another great episode next week for you and um, stay safe on the trails folks have a great week and have an even better weekend